Good morning. So, hopefully my voice isn't too shaky, and I can uh, get some proper thoughts out. So, um, some of you guys know uh, bro my brother-in-law, Johnny Mast, um, was able to go to Ukraine last year, um, and I, I had kind of been wanting to do some kind of... Uh, some kind of travel abroad for a while was kind of in the back of my head, and I, it, it, that stuff just kind of, I think, naturally excites me. Um, and so when I heard that he did it, I was kind of intrigued. Um, and when he came back to visit, um, it may have been last fall, I can't remember when he was here, um, he, he said that they're taking another group, and I was like, okay, well, you know, let me know when you guys go. I'm definitely interested. Um, in, when was it? April, I believe, kind of end of April, um, Josh Wingard sent me a text, and he said, we're taking a group in a month, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, definitely. So uh, made sure I'd work with work. Um, but it was kind of a short notice trip, didn't really know I was going um, up until kind of, you know, a, a month before the trip. Um, but thankfully, everything was good as far as, uh, as far as you know, COVID and, and visas and all that. It's really not that hard to... Um, go in. We actually flew into Romania, um, and so that's that's where this is, and this is kind of, I didn't take near as many pictures as I should have, so hopefully it won't be too pieced together, um, but this is, uh, I flew into Romania. Um, I got there, I got there ahead of the rest of the group, because the rest of the group obviously was flying out of, uh, flying out of Montana, and so I got there, and Got there about eight hours before everyone else. Didn't really know anybody. Um, thankfully, most of the people in Romania, or in Cluj at least, can speak English. So that helps. Um, I wasn't completely stranded. But got picked up at the airport. And uh, yeah, it was an experience. Um, they, drive like, they drive like you would kind of expect in uh, not a third world country, but... I don't know, they, they, uh, they drive like they need places to go. So I hop in the car and uh, the guy takes me to the Y-Way base, which is, that's where this is now. Um, and I was just kind of laughing to myself, like uh, I was super excited to be there, but it was, yeah, it was definitely a stretching experience. So um, I showed up here and uh, kind of spent the afternoon here. No one else was, uh, no one else from my group was around yet. Um, so I spent just kind of hung out here at the base, and then they had a place for us to stay. The rest of the group came in. Um, uh, that was the first day in Romania. The second day, we just kind of had a meeting, um, kind of prepping for uh, prepping for what we're going to do um, in Ukraine, how we're going to get there. Um, you can't fly directly into Ukraine because it is a no-fly zone with the war and all. Um, and so it was actually, Cluj is only about three hours from the border, but from where we were actually working, it was about an 18-hour drive, um, provided everything goes well, which it didn't uh, <laughs> really. So um, this was, I think this was the first evening I was there. Um, I was just kind of, I was there, didn't really have anything to do. So they were, they had a party for um, kind of the director of the base's son was turning 18. That's a big deal over there. Um, so I just kind of helped out with uh, prepping food and stuff. Um, this is where we were staying um, in Romania. This was like the little apartment we had. Um, and that's just kind of downtown Romania. We had some free time. We could kind of walk around and see the sights. Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool over there. It's, there. 
it's not that much unlike, as far as class-wise, it's not that much unlike what you would see in America, but everything is just a little bit more poor. They're coming pretty fresh out of the Soviet Union. Um, that, I mean, that was only 30 years ago, and so you'll see a lot of memorials, and it's, it's kind of, I mean, as someone who never lived through the 90s, I was born in the 2000s, um, it's, it's really intriguing to see something that you kind of see in history books all the time, um, but you go here, and something that seems so off, so far off to me, at least, like the Soviet Union, see, and it's it's very recent, and you can still, their culture is definitely still affected by it, and especially in Ukraine. And I'll kind of, uh, I'll kind of get to that. So um, this was just uh, Saturday. We were just prepping food and kind of, or no, uh, this was Friday because we we left Saturday morning. Um, so this is we were just prepping food for um, all the groups. There was four teams leaving from Romania that were going to go to Ukraine and uh, to help build. So this is actually, this is in Ukraine now. This is, this is Kyiv here. This is going through Kyiv and uh, kind of skipped a lot, but most of it was uh, like 15, 20 hours of travel and one van breakdown. So, um, but this is in Kyiv. We, we were working about uh, three hours past Kyiv. So this is about three hours from our destination. Um, but I don't have many pictures. We were all just kind of driving, driving through it, so I wasn't able to get much. But this is kind of what you're looking. A lot of these buildings are from the Soviet Union era, and you can kind of tell. Um, everything's just kind of drab and stately, and uh, in a lot of big, big concrete structures. Um, so you'll get just a massive amount of apartment buildings, really spread out city, very different than... Uh, than what you'd see in the States. There's not really high rises. There's more just a lot of apartment buildings. There's a lot of living area. And I'm not sure actually how many of them are inhabitable or not. A lot of them look kind of old and run down. I'm not sure if they're filled up or not though. This is going through Kiev. You'd really start to see some, uh, this is, I mean, you can see this looks like it was all bombed up. Um, they clean up really, really well due to, um, I think they do it mainly because of morale. It's it's really poor on morale to have like rubble and debris everywhere. So this one, I think this one must have been pretty fresh because the most of them were cleaned up. You could see the evidence of war, but you kind of had to look for it and you had to know what to look for. Um, most of what you'd see is you just see like like the the foundation and walls of like a brick foundation and walls and then you'd notice all the windows are gone and there was no roof on it and that would have, I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe a week ago, that was a house that had gotten bombed. Um, so they still are getting multiple miss or rocket attacks a week. Um, so it's still, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's, I think it's probably more just to kind of terrorize and keep everyone on edge. Um, I don't know how much damage it's actually doing. I know they're targeting, the Russians are targeting infrastructure. Um, they go after bridges and bridges and roads and um, things like gas stations as well. And some apartment buildings, I'm not sure how much that happens. Okay, so this is, this is where we were staying in... Uh, Chernihiv, I think. I kind of never really figured out how to pronounce it, but this is this is where we were staying. This is our base. Um, we had a big group, and I'll show. There's a picture of. Uh, I have a picture of most of the builders. There was, let's see. I think there was 14 teams total, um, roughly eight eight people per team. So there was well over 100 people here staying at the base. Um, the town we were at was really small. 
Um, no hotels could kind of accompany a group this big, but thankfully about 30 minutes, it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but about 30 minutes from the nearest town, they had this big resort, and it was actually a really nice place. Um, everything looked like, uh, I'm not sure if, it looked new, so I'm not sure if they were kind of getting it ready to go, and then the war happened, it kind of got put on halt. It was done, but everything, it just, it wasn't quite upkept to what you would kind of expect, because it, like, it was really nice. It was just, uh, everything was just a little bit run down, maybe. Um, but thankfully, uh, we had uh, a really nice place to stay, and that uh, wasn't really like that for the, the last team that went last year. Um, so this is, this is the group from, this is the group from, uh, YWAM Cluj. Um, this was four teams here, um, and you can see some of my team is scattered in there, but there was uh, people from all over the world. There was a couple Americans there. One guy actually that, uh, the guy with the beard there and the hat, he was, um, he was from Outer Banks, so that was kind of cool. There was a, a guy from North Carolina. He was a pastor in Outer Banks. Um, and, uh, but a lot of the people were from, there was uh, some guys from Holland, um, the Netherlands, kind of all over. Um, just kind of, a lot of the people had done this before, um, but just, they, they have a heart for, they have a heart for the people, um, and a heart for Ukraine, and I'll talk more about this kind of as we go. I kind of want to get the pictures so you guys can kind of visualize, um, what, what I was living with, and then I'll, uh, I'll kind of maybe focus more in and tell you my experience and the way it impacted me while I was there. So as we showed up, this is the first evening we were in Ukraine, or that we arrived in Ukraine, like where we were staying in Ukraine. Um, the villagers knew that we were coming, and so they put on this. Uh, this is very traditional. Um, they had a whole performance. It was they were singing and dancing, and it was it was really. I don't think I realized quite how sheltered I was. Um, I think mainly sheltered with the stuck-up nature of the American self-serving culture. Um, these people are poor. A lot of them, a lot of them don't have running water. Um, most of them have electricity, but they're not. It's not really a first-world country. Um, I mean, driving down the streets, you'd see a ten-year-old out there driving cattle down the road. It's, it's not completely civilized. It's not really directly comparable to what we experience here. But a lot of these people are really poor. Um, it, was a poor it was a poor country before the war, and now they're in the war. They're still, you know, it's only worse than the situation. But they were so excited to have us. They went through, and just the whole idea of it really kind of, it gave me a reality check of what I'm used to and what I kind of think humans are like um, because of what I experience here in the U.S. And to see these poor people taking, I mean, they had a whole, they had a whole performance. It was probably 30 minutes long. Um, and it was just, it was really cool. Obviously, I couldn't understand a word. Everything is in Ukrainian. And uh, I don't know. It, it, was, it was just a really cool experience. I, it was like, it was, it was kind of humorous. And uh, but it was just really cool to see the traditions, and they had this, uh, they have this bread that, certain kind of Ukrainian bread that they give to the visitors, and that they give it to their most honored guests, and we all got one. It was, it was really cool. Um, it's a really small town, but they, they knew that we were coming. Um, the mayor was involved with it. I mean, they were just really happy for us to be there. Um, anyone you'd kind of cross 
um, down the street. They'd figure out you're American, and they were just just so excited for for you to be with them. It was really a cool experience. the The area that we were in, um, what we were rebuilding, was from a tank battle that had occurred about a year ago, and so a lot of the attention is kind of kind of passed them. They feel a little bit forgotten because, especially like the dam had just the dam had just exploded. Um, I think further south. And, and the front lines obviously were, were closer to the border. And so these people, they never got the support they needed and they never, got, they never got their homes rebuilt. A lot of the people whose homes were destroyed are living with parents or friends or something. I mean, they don't, they don't really have a means to rebuild. Um, and it had been like that for a year and they just, they feel kind of forgotten. So they were really grateful and really happy to have us there. And yeah, as I'll, I'll, touch, I'll touch on that a little more, but the the generosity and the whole just thankfulness and gratefulness that I saw throughout the whole country. I mean, even down to the the border patrol when crossing through. I mean, everyone was just everyone just seemed happy to be alive, and it was kind of ironic given the situation that they have and how how good we have it here and how luxurious we have it here. And everyone is so concerned about themselves. So this was, I think this is the first meeting. This is most of, this is probably most of the builders. Um, the lady in the pink shirt there, she is the director of YWAM Kiev. So she was kind of heading up this operation. Um, this is a fair amount. This is a good bit of the builders. There's probably, I had the wide lens on, but obviously you can see some. And, you know, I was kind of standing on one edge. So it kind of, we had a whole circle here and we'd have a meeting every single morning that we'd go out to build. But, um, yeah, we'd, we'd wake up, have breakfast here on the campus, and then uh, every, we'd, we'd have just a little meeting. And, and normally it was just encouragement, maybe um, something insightful that they, they picked up. Excuse me. Something insightful that they picked up um, in the past day or so, or maybe something that, that the owners of the homes that we were building for, uh, building, um, shared to them, just something like that. And so, you know, they'd kind of, a couple people would talk, and then we'd pray before we'd head out. So this was, uh, this is kind of the remains of the first house that we built. Um, and as you can see, there's, you can still see walls. Um, I'm not sure, this actually might have been a barn because I think there was a foundation kind of behind this. Um, but, so yeah, that's just a wider, wider lens of what we're looking at. Um, and again, I wish I would have taken more pictures and kind of shown more of the scenery, but I was kind of too busy just experiencing it and then, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll forget it sometime and I wish I had picture proof, but. Um. So this happened at about 10.30 in the morning of the first day. Um, we showed up and we, you know, the guys, it was uh, three of us guys were building um, and then we had three girls as well. And actually we were short, we were short a guy because one of the other teams only had six people and we had eight. So we, um, Josh wasn't working with us today. Um, but the girl in the gray coat there, she was the mayor of the little village and she comes riding in on her bicycle and, uh, um, Masha, the one on the far side, uh, you can't really see her, but she's, she's one of the two girls that were, was adopted out of Ukraine three and a half years ago. Um, Daniel and Suzanne Kaufman, my second cousins, I think they adopted them and they were with us. They were part of our crew. And that was invaluable because they're, they're, they're fairly fresh out of Ukraine. 
They both speak the language really well, and they have such an incredible heart for their people. And it was, it was the coolest redemption story to see how um, their, their dad committed suicide when the youngest was, I think, eight. Um, and that's Masha. Masha's the youngest. And then their mom later died um, from cancer a couple years later after getting remarried. And so they were put in an orphanage. Um, the oldest was, I think they were 13 and 15 at the time. Um, they said no to four families before they met Daniel and Suzanne. And they got adopted, brought to the U.S., didn't know any English whatsoever. Um, and here they are three and a half years later giving back, to the, giving back to their country. They have such a love for the country such a love for uh, the people there. So anyway, this was this was ten thirty. This was ten thirty or eleven on the first first day of building. Um, the mayor walks in and and they're kind of talking and you know they 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 love just to communicate with anyone they could because you know uh, they could speak the language and. Masha just starts telling me about her story and how how she got adopted and how how her life was hard, but God saved her. And pretty soon I look over and they're, they're in, a, in a little circle praying. And uh, 15, 20 minutes later, Mosh comes back to our group and said she just gave her life to Christ. And so that was like, the trip was just filled with stuff like that. Um, such an incredible time. A lot of prayer went into this trip. I know especially from the church out there. Um, and a lot of specific prayer um, Pretty much every single day, we'd probably spend throughout the day, I would say an hour and a half in prayer. And it was all just from inspiration of after this, for example, we were, I mean, everyone was just kind of on a high and Rudy, our group leader, was like, you know what, let's just pray. And so we, we all just gathered in a group and, you know, put, set all our tools down and just started praying. And yeah, I can't brag my, I can't brag about my group enough. It was such an incredible crew um, and God showed up in so many ways. So this was kind of, this kind of set, set the, thank you. It kind of set the tone of how the trip was going to be because it, like stuff like this just kept showing up. Um, so that's, this is kind of what we're building here. Um, everything's more or less prefabbed. Uh, tongue and groove insulation uh, panels for those of you who care about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, a little, it's roughly 20 by 20, um, two room house, and it's insulated very well, so it'll withstand the winter. Um, and we were just, I mean, we, we'd build them, trim the inside, trim the outside, and it's all metal trim, nothing fancy, but it, but it works, and it was uh, somewhat movable. There was another crew after us who would come in and do um, plumbing and electric, um, but we would, we would at least try it in for them. Um, this is just, this is still that first site, and this was the garden of, uh, I think of the homeowners um, that, that we were building for. The topsoil there is incredibly deep, so everything is super lush. So the most of, like even driving through the countryside, most of the people don't have yards, they have gardens. And so any space that they have where, where we would see, or you know, we would see a space for grass, they pretty much, I mean, everything's just filled up with gardens and um it's really cool. Everything's just like super, uh, 
super lush. There's, there's, uh, there's like fruit trees everywhere. You can like, yeah, it's, it, the, the whole country is like an orchard. It's really cool. Um, this was, I think this is the end of the first day. Um, and this kind of gives you uh, roughly a picture of what we were building. We still, you know, needed to put some trim up and stuff. And, and uh, but yeah, this is, I think this is the end of the first day. And I have a, I have a picture of the finished project on the second house we built. Um, I, this was the first, the first site we built, there was three other, three other houses that were right near ours. So we were kind of all in a area. So that was cool because we got to hang out with the rest of, uh, the Romania group. Um, but that's kind of what you'd see, um, a lot of that debris, which is, you know, they just kind of stack it up. The, the, everything's made out of brick and they tear down the walls to where there's just a flat foundation, um, and I'm assuming they'll reuse it, but they'd always, you'd always see right next to like the destroyed homes, you'd see a nice, neat stack of bricks about this high. They'd, all, the, all the bricks were stacked, and I'd, I'm assuming they're, they're going to reuse them. Um, this was, I think, I think this is just more pictures from the first, uh, the first build site. So this was the second day. Um, this was, we finished the house, and we were kind of, we have a, they'd have a ceremony that we'd, we'd do for the, uh, for the homeowners. These are the homeowners there, and I have another picture that kind of, you know, we're all in a group. But, um, yeah, this is a powerful picture. Um, the, the, lady, the lady there, she was super nice. I mean, both of them were super sweet. The guy um, on the right, I'm pretty sure he was drunk or high pretty much all the time. Um, that's, a big, that's a big thing over there. Um, and it's it, it's still it, it's still something from the from kind of the Soviet Union era. There's alcohol is a huge problem over there, um, and I, that kind of it's kind of an endless cycle, I think, into the the what causes the poverty over there. Um, but these these they were awesome. Um, they invited us for lunch the one day, and I didn't get any good pictures of it. But we went in there and had lunch with them. Um, and they had we had fresh fresh cow's milk that they had just milked earlier and they didn't they don't they didn't have a fridge so it was just like kind of lukewarm but it was fresh at least so that was comforting um and then as we ate uh the guy there played played the accordion for us and he'd sing us a song and we couldn't understand a word but it was just a really cool experience but anyway so when we we uh when when we'd hand the when we'd hand the keys over we'd kind of we we share the gospel with them um, and give them a Bible and kind of have it like a, a, we wanted it to be somewhat of a ceremony um, handing the keys over. We didn't just want to build the house and then, you know, here you go and leave. Um, so Rudy is sharing the gospel through Christy, uh, the translator, and the guy's just kind of half interrupting um, kind of, yeah, you know, I believe in God and, and, and I've lost sons in war. Just kind of like, kind of like hearing it, but kind of just saying, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I think kind of to, you know, just make him stop talking is kind of, you get that vibe a little bit. Um, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, but we're, we're all just kind of gathered around and we start praying for him. We like, okay, whatever, you know, we share the gospel. Um, we start praying for him, and immediately this guy, he just kind of, he just kind of, as soon as we start praying, he just kind of calms down and kind of sinks down, and pretty soon you see tears running down his eyes and running down his face. And, 
you could kind of see it just kind of hit him at once. And it was, it was supernatural. It was so cool to see. Um, but he sat there and I mean, he just, he just bawled and we all, we all prayed for him and, and, uh, we all prayed for him and we kind of finished up and he was still crying and he comes up and just hugs every one of us. It was just really cool though to see how he was kind of trying to push it off. And then we started praying. You could see it just kind of hit him. Um, and he kind of accepted it and I don't know, really cool experience. Um, yeah. So this is, this is our group minus Josh. Josh was still on the other, over on the other crew. Um, but yeah, that is a guy in the green shirt there is Johnny's brother. Um, girl on the right, all the way on the right, that is Masha. She is one of the Ukrainian girls. And then the, the, the girl in the white shirt as well. She is also Ukrainian. They're sisters. Um, Rudy in the blue shirt, he was our team leader. Um, Amy Bernard, the girl in the blue shirt, um, she was someone from Wyoming. Um, didn't know her, but she was awesome. Um, and then there's me and Jamin Gingrich, which is from um, Emily's old church in Montana. And he was, some of you might have met him. He was here for Bible school. Um, so this is, this is a group picture with the, the second house that we built. Um, actually, this would have been, this was technically the fourth day. So we, the third house we were able to get out in a day. Um, and Nadia, the girl there in the center, um, she was the homeowner. And at the end of the day, uh, Mosh went up and starts talking to her and she kind of does her thing and starts, you know, telling her about her life and starts, you know, we, we talked to Mosh afterwards, like, you know, what did you say? And she's like, I don't know. I just went up and started telling her about Jesus and how he loves me and how I love him. And it's these, these people have seen so much hurt and they're so, they're so ready. They're so hungry for hope and for the gospel. And it's the coolest thing to see because In America, whether I realized it or not, I think I've kind of started to, I have a hard time seeing the beauty of the gospel because everywhere you look, whether it's subtle or, or whether it's subtle or in your face, you kind of feel a little bit like a villain as a Christian. Um, whether you're homophobic or transphobic or, or it's, be, no, everyone's, everyone's too happy with what they have to really, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people are too happy with what they have to really, I think, see the beauty of the gospel. And you go to these people who have very little and their homes got destroyed and they have sons in the war and they have sons who have died from the war, um, horrible nightmare stories from the war, and they're just looking for hope. Um, and that was something I saw someone would, you get asked a lot, you know, how many houses did you build? And by the end of it, I was like, it wasn't really about the houses. The houses was an excellent door to get into the hearts of these people and to share the gospel. The houses are going to, the houses are going to pass away. But if we can share the gospel with these people, they'll have eternal life. And that's something that, that lasts forever. Um, so anyway, we, we built this house Wednesday, um, and then Thursday, we, uh, th they assigned two houses per team, so we had finished up our houses. Um, so Thursday, we went and helped some of the other groups who hadn't finished up yet. And then we kind of, we were finishing up in the afternoon, so we were like, okay, we're going to stop by and visit her. Because um, we kind of, we had worked a long day Wednesday, and we didn't really have as much time to hang out with her as we wanted to. So we stop in, and she has a friend over, 
and she's sharing the gospel with that friend. And they're, they're together and they're praying together. So we go in there and we just, we just chatted up and pray for probably an hour and a half. And she's, she's so hungry. We're, we're, we're finding passages in the, I should, I don't, we, I, I don't speak Ukrainian. So it was mainly uh, Christy and Mosh. But um, they're finding passages in the Bible for her to, to kind of like grab a hold of. Um, that, that was so impactful for me because I'm here for, I was only in Ukraine for five days that I wasn't traveling and you can only see so many people. I love these people. Um, but, you know, you go there for five days and you do your thing and then you come back. Um, and, but to see to see somebody who's received the gospel then share it to other people and then, I mean, if that keeps going, the possibilities are endless and it's just really cool to see like the multiplication happen and especially to see it happen so fast. Um, that, was, that was really impactful for me because it's like you want to do so much but I feel a little bit like, you know, like you're kind of handicapped. I mean, you're, you're barely there, you're busy the whole time. Um, God pulled through, man. It was, it was a really good trip. Uh, so, okay, so that's the, that's the finished house. This is the end of uh, Wednesday, I think. Um, that's the finished house there, and that's, that's kind of what they were looking like. Um, this, was, this was Nadia, the girl from that previous picture. This was her, where her house had been before. Um, she actually did have running water. You can see the well there. There's a hole in the ground. Um, so this is where, yeah, this was her house before, and this kind of shows you what, excuse me, it's kind of showing you what, what, uh, what kind of became of it. She was actually on her way. The tank battle was happening right in her area, so she was on her way to her neighbor's house, um, and as she was on her way, her house got hit with a, I don't know if it was a stray shell, or, but it got hit with a tank shell and exploded. So, I mean, she just barely made it out. This was, uh, this was Thursday, and this was when we were helping, up, helping uh, some of the other crews finish up their houses. Um, but that's kind of, it's really pretty. Everything's super lush, super green. Um, but, you know, you can kind of see just the, just, it's not outright debris, but everything's just a little bit run down. And, you know, this is, this is from bombings or tank shells or something. Um, you can kind of see some of the broken walls and the foundation there. This was, you'd see this kind of everywhere you go. It wasn't super out there, but if you look, you'd be driving along, you look around the fences, all the fences pretty much have bullet holes. It's really surreal um, seeing the remains of war firsthand. Um, it's so commercialized in the entertainment, um, and, you know, I feel like you're exposed to, uh, you're exposed to a, an ex exciting, um, dramatic version of it, even with document documentaries and stuff. But to see it firsthand and to hear some of the stories, uh, it's really heavy. I was uh, pulling, I mean, right past the border, you start hitting up, uh, start going through military checkpoints. They have military checkpoints throughout the whole country. And there's these kids they, I mean, they look probably 18, and they're soldiers um, 
running the military checkpoints, and it's it's just everywhere. It's so sad to see. Everyone's so happy and so nice, and no one's, you expect them to be uptight and really suspicious of any kind of, I mean, they're, they'd see you, you know, good luck, you know, you give them the papers, okay, good luck, thank you for coming. Everyone's insanely polite and just smiles. It, it really did a number on me to see someone who is in so much, like, the, 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 their country is in so much worse of a position materially than ours is and they're so grateful and so courteous and so serving um yeah i don't know it it impacted me a lot um this is kind of this is what we were doing just trimming out um that's what we were working with um yeah and this was from this is back with nadia kind of jumped back and forth that other picture should have been here but uh this this girl here that was the girl that was kind of that was her friend that was also nadia those two nadias um um but that was they were kind of chatting it up and and she was just kind of standing around and she was taking pictures and just everyone was just happy for us to be there everyone was just so uh yeah i don't know so accommodating it was a really cool experience and this was uh this is this is when nadia received um this is when she got saved, and we were all just kind of praying, praying for her. This was uh, this was a church right near, right near where we had, um, right where we were building. Um, so we kind of had some free time in the evening, went and checked it out. And uh, um, Russian soldiers had had were hiding in this, kind of using it as a base, and they ended up. I think Ukrainian soldiers ended up surrounding it. You can see the things littered with bullet holes um, and chips in the concrete or the, the brick. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's really surreal to see that stuff firsthand up close and just the history that's there. Um, part of the roof had caved in here. I'm assuming a bomb got dropped. Um, there was a big pile of bricks right beneath it. Um, and I think that's all I have as far as pictures go. Um, but it, it, it really did a number on me. Um, experiencing all that, seeing, seeing the hurt that, that they're going through and how hungry they are, them as a hurting nation, seeing how hungry they are for the gospel and for hope. Um, it demanded a response from my life. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. Um, but I know it's a calling. Um, I kind of, they'd talk, as we, were, as we were prepping to go into Ukraine, they have this somewhat of a formality. Um, they're talking about, you know, what happens if something goes wrong. Um, and, and our group leader was like, he's like, I realized that all of you forfeited your life to be here. Like you're ready to count your life as loss. Um, and hearing that, I was like, I mean, yeah, but also like this is somewhat a vacation for me. Like I was excited about this, you know? Um, and so it's like, like I almost kind of felt like they were giving me too much credit. Like I'm out here risking my life and I'm really not. Um, but I thought about it. I mean, it, it takes one freak accident, one stray missile, um, and, and my life is gone. And at, when I go up to heaven, what do, my, what do my heavenly treasures look like? 
I know what, I know what my earthly treasures are and I know what I have down here. What do I have up there? And what, what have I done? And I have this, I've had, um, um, I think I've had a heart for missions in the last couple of years, but I kind of had this mindset of, I want to get financially stable um, to where I can support myself. And then after that, you know, then we can go take care of it. And it's like, if, if, if I die right now, the financially stable part is nothing. I haven't even started. I've been, I've been one to put that first and get that prepped before I go to, uh, before I go to, to serve God or serve people or spread the gospel or whatever. Um, it was a wake up call. Um, people need the gospel. People want the gospel. That's something I wasn't used to. No one, few people in America want the gospel or it has to be just explained just so perfectly um, for them to kind of get distract or uh, get their eyes off the distractions that we have here to actually focus on it. Um, the fields are white and they're ready for harvest. I mean, pe- yeah, people need the gospel and it, it, it did a number on me. So like I said, I feel like I feel like I need to, with what I've experienced, that's demanding a response. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that response looks like, but pray for me as I, as I, as I pray about it. I feel, I feel like it was, God was very clear with this Ukraine trip. I had been praying for something of the sort. It came up. I said, yeah, let's go. Um, I'm really happy where God has led me so far. And I, 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 want, I want that direct leading. Um, and I want, it, I want it to keep going. Um, yeah, pray, pray for me for that. Um, look for direction. Um, there's more to say probably, but it's about 12 o'clock. And I, uh, yeah, I think I got most of it out. So anyway, that's a little bit of what I experienced. Um, I was blessed a whole lot more than I was blessing. Um, yeah, it changed my whole mindset of life, and I wanna, I wanna keep that mindset change. I don't wanna come back and get, get dulled into um, the the entertainment and the luxuries of America. <laughs>